Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron and i am joined by someone who i'm sure you know if you follow bachelor nation outside of what plays out on screen which i think most of you do he has a very successful youtube channel he's launching a podcast and i have a lot of questions about his journey into the bachelor nation world and you know when i see one of my interviews pop up on his channel i have a combination of excitement because I got good juice and terror because I'm scared of what him and his followers are going to say about how I asked the question and all of that. But Dave Neal, how are you? Oh, good to see you. I'm great. I love when you interview people. You've, you're always the kindest. It's always It always feels like you're in someone's living room when you talk to the uh, contestants. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. It's definitely a balance of trying to ask them invasive personal questions, but also not wanting them to hate me. <laughs> Yeah. And you're, I totally can understand that. Yeah, exactly. You have to not only do well on each interview, but then want people to talk to you in the future. So I don't have that luxury. So I get to just watch from the third person point of view. <laughs> yes. Plus the pressure of the network who I want to work with me, but also I can't just pretend that they're always right. Um, so it's a delicate balance, but I love when you cover us weekly interviews or any other interviews because you can be so candid and funny and say things that maybe some of us can't say because we're trying to balance those relationships. If that makes oh, sense. Thank you. I really try my best to talk about or to people as if I'm going to see them uh, in person again, because I think we need more of that in society. We need some accountability for what we say. A hundred percent. And I want to get into everything that's happening on the show and in general, but I'm just curious because you're a comedian and I want to know how you kind of started going into covering this show on YouTube and now on your podcast and how you kind of transitioned into, have you always been like a huge bachelor fan or was it just like the best for clicks? No, absolutely. I've, I've actually watched this. Sh- I've recapped the show for over seven years now wow. and it didn't click. I didn't really um, gain much attention until I dove away from what was happening on the show. So I've always been fascinated by social media, YouTube, building your own brand. I've done that with stand up and other podcasts I've hosted. So when things started to work, when I, when I was actually surprised that people cared about the behind the scenes dealings of Claire and Dale, that was one of the first videos or Clayton Eckerd was the big video that took off. Be- I'm sorry, Colton Underwood, excuse me, took off. Commonly because, confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm the worst here, but he took off because no one was reading or uh, I know some people were, but no one was really discussing how wild his restraining order story was. Mm -hmm. So that video just took off and I go, oh, there's clearly a market here for people that want to have conversations that they're not getting from maybe uh, the mainstream crowd. Yeah, a hundred percent. What has surprised you about kind of your coverage and what does well and what doesn't? Because I think it's fascinating. People always wonder like why we cover certain things and we don't at Us Weekly. And I'm like, at the end of the day, it comes down to the numbers. Someone like Claire she can like wear an outfit and it'll crush someone else on the franchise just doesn't perform. And we only have limited resources. So that's why we cover certain things and don't. And I feel like most people read into it more. And most of the time it's one, cause the spoilers, we try to balance with that with the network, but also just like who our audience clicks on. Like if they don't click, 
they don't click. So for you, yeah. have you found any interesting patterns? Absolutely. And you look at the algorithms when YouTube, you call it the click through rate. It's, look, look at it like a sports analogy. If a sports team wins 40 to nothing, there isn't much to talk about the next day on sports talk radio, but if they won 40 to 38 and the ref made a call that was like, did he touch the line or didn't he? That's what happens in bachelor nation. Was this gaslighting? Wasn't it? Did this person do what the others accusing them? Whenever we actually get the answer. Oh, uh, Tasha and Zach are, are broken up. The story's dead after you get a couple interviews. Right. But uh, are, are these flowers for for him? You know, when you start getting into this sort of like X Files territory here, that's what really makes the audience want to talk. The more people comment on the videos, the more YouTube's like, all right, bring this to the front of the line. So definitely controversial stuff. I I try my best. My thumbnails, my titles might start a fire, and then I try to put it out with the content. I try to say, okay, Aaron Clancy's not the worst. He, uh, Genevieve Parisi didn't get enough sleep. These aren't horrible human beings. Mm -hmm. We have no idea how we would react, react in that heightened circumstance ourselves. A hundred percent. And I feel the same way in writing. I mean, I think I'm decent at like the master of not too clickbaity, but clicky. And I try to lean into like the quotes and blame it on the people. Like they used that word, even if they get upset, but sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, all right, I went too far there. Like I should have maybe toned that one down. And if you don't catch yourself going too far, you're either not doing good enough. You'll get fired or right. you go too far. And no one's going to believe you. It's a, it's a tight needle to thread. And I, you totally understand. Yeah. It's like, give the quote. And again, we're not talking about like middle East relations. Right. News. It's like, we don't want, you, you never want us. Like I always tell my audience, look, I'm going to give you the information. It's never going to be as salacious as you think for the most part. And let's just treat them as humans. Talk to me. Don't go to them. Don't go mm -hmm. into their DMS. That's just psychotic when people do that. It's so nuts. And I feel like it's funny because all the bachelor and paradise contestants have been tweeting that over these last couple of days. And I'm kind of not, I believe them that they're getting the backlash, but I feel like no one's really talking about this season. So the fact that people aren't talking about it that much, but then they're still getting like that much hate it's like oh god like what are people doing yeah and isn't it wild you might have 10 12 episodes where it's just like um it's almost like watching a movie where nothing happens for 90 minutes and then it's got the best ending and you're like oh, i guess it was worth it right and with rachel and gabby where it was like mm -hmm. what's really happening here and then all of a sudden we're like oh my gosh i think we got our money's worth at the end bachelor in paradise has a little bit of drama but as you know there's like you know, if you look at the whole season as like a three or four act play, the first act, you're going to have the Cassidy, Tim Brooks, who are like sort of a villain, but also like it wasn't that big of a deal. The real villains come when it's like Tino and Rachel cheating scandal. That's when you get to like the big heavy stuff when the hearts opened up. And yeah. we probably haven't seen that yet on Bachelor in Paradise to its full extent. A hundred percent. And I want to just go into what's happening this week on Paradise and say that this will probably have some spoilers involved, which I go back and forth with spoilers because I, of course, I read them because I it's my job and I can't avoid them. Sometimes I don't. And I have my, like I said, my own relationship with ABC and what we do on Us Weekly and we've gotten in trouble, but we do it sometimes. I don't know if someone's photographed together. There's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? Like if yes. it's versus just running, you know, reality Steve straight up reporting versus like, OK, if you step out together, that's not my fault. That's their fault. It's kind of how I go about it and trying to balance that delicate relationship and also for the audience. So I kind of wanted to jump in with this Victoria Fuller and Greg situation because I was actually out of the country last week and I'm getting all these DMs and I know you were probably on the front lines. I know Reality Steve was on the front lines. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about Victoria F and Greg being spotted in Rome and also maybe tell me for you and like your process of when do you start like making a video about it and how do you go from there? Like, is it an immediate like what you're doing like how do you because you get your stuff up really fast oh my my wife knows if dinner's planned and the right video's coming she's got to get out of the way and she and she <laughs> and she appreciates that it's been our it's been a life-changing you know uh sort of career that we've kind of gotten into here so she 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 understands that like sometimes when news breaks we got to get it from a subway station or where or i had a i made a video the other day coming back from our wedding on it and it was a few days after the wedding but we were in congratulations by the way oh thank you so much we were we were on an our, our uh, private shuttle from the hotel to the uh, airport. And there was a video. I was like, I'm going to get this video up before I'm, you know, in, in bad airport Wi-Fi. Uh, Cause I knew I, if I didn't get it up now, it'd be seven hours, this mm -hmm. and that um, Saturday morning, uh, 
two weeks ago, I get a message that um, Victoria spotted in Rome with uh, Gray Grippo. I didn't take the bait. My first video, but I was still like, I'll make a video about it. My first <laughs> video was, um, there's no way this is Greg. Johnny, it must have been Johnny. They have similar haircuts. That, you know, uh, uh, There's no way. And then, um, because at that point, it was just someone's TikTok. And the TikTok didn't have any proof. And then the next photo that came out was sent to me. Um, and that was someone walking from behind. And now we can see the height difference and we go, okay, chances are this person's not lying because they didn't want any credit. Whenever, mm -hmm. whenever anything's on TikTok or Instagram as sort of like a clout chasing moment, immediate like cynicism. This is probably not what we think it is. This person wanted zero credit. They said, I walked right by him. By the time I turned around to get a photo, this is what you saw. And it turned out they were, that person was right. That was Greg Grippo. Um, at that point, it was still, like I said, that water cooler moment. He said, she said, that lets the audience leave comments on who they think it is. No way, it's Greg. But then once we start looking into things in Bachelor Nation, we have literally hundreds of thousands of people in the community that will look through people's old messages, tweets, photos, and people started putting a timeline together of Greg and Victoria having both met and commented before. And you go, oh, maybe it is them. And then, of course, Reality Steve sends me a text message saying, I got the photo. This is it. And and he was just waiting for his like watermarks to come because, oh as you know, like I'll, I, I'm a commentary channel. I like to comment on what other people do. Please call me out if I ever make a video about you and I don't promote your channel. OK, I always try to. Just comment on pieces of things so people can go get the full thing. So for reality, Steve, people have always um, talked a lot of trash about him and then use all of his content. So mm -hmm. eventually, he's like, "I'm putting screen grabs up. You can you can take a moral stance on whether you like or don't like somebody, but if you're going to consume their content, there's like some integrity. Give some credit, yeah, yeah. So I saw these photos, and that that bought me about half an hour. Where I told my I told my wife, "All right, we got a story coming out. I'm going to go start on the thumbnail, so it's ready to go." And, um, and then that was clear as day, Greg, it was clear as day. Some people still didn't believe it. Then the next subway photo clear as day. And at that point it was like, okay, it's them. We now have their flight tracking info. Like, well, we'll I, I'm all about tracking the story till it gets to the plate. Like if you're allowed to take a photo somewhere, like you said, if it's in public, uh, you can, anyone can take a photo, at least in the U S you know, yeah. paparazzi, all these roles, at least it's, unless it's someone's kid or whatever. But once you take photos into someone's private life, that's when it's like off limits. So they tracked it all the way back to newark new jersey i oh think it was God. them you know and Crazy. now it's just the question people are asking which is was there cheating was there emotional cheating obviously there's been sources on on every angle that have spoken on their behalf saying it was and or wasn't and mm -hmm. chances are it's probably some weird gray area that's going to make the audience talk a lot about it yeah i i mean i have been pretty like over this season and covering it but now i'm like all right i know that reunion tapes on Friday. I'm very intrigued to find out what will be said. Victoria is supposed to be doing press. Will she still do press? And that whole line, she did that Instagram in that black dress and Greg commented and deleted something ridiculous about how hot she looked or whatever. I don't know. Um, good, girl, good girl, I think. Good girl. Oh, God, that's so cringe, Greg. Um, and it's also just interesting because Victoria Fuller is just one of those people I've been fascinated with since she joined the franchise, the obviously Chase Rice of it all. When she was dating Chris Souls in quarantine, that was like my favorite story ever because they were like at this random cafe that took a picture and like kind of blew up their spot and i just i loved it and we never got total closure on what happened there and then for her to pop up in paradise i didn't see that coming and now she's we're watching her on screen trying to debate between johnny and alex when we know that she's with greg of all people like it's there's so many layers there Oh yeah. People thought it was Alex. And I'm like, Alex is so strong. We're talking two skinny white guys versus Alex. Who's this like beast of a, like olive skinned, gorgeous man. Um, it's, there's something I love contestants that show off their flawed colors ever. Cause everyone's flawed. Um, we get a lot of the pageant Queens who don't give us many sound bites. And I, I, I don't even mean that with a gender the, the mm -hmm. guys do it too. And then we've, and then we have people like Victoria who will get a little messy. I've always loved the Chad Johnson's. I love the people that will tell you, Hey, this isn't real. I'm not going to tell Jojo. I love her in episode three. Like, I just <laughs> love that. Now, obviously everyone's got their own issues, whether it be PTSD or alcoholism or everyone's got their own thing they're working on. Victoria's got a messy situation, but I love that she's been very supportive of Genevieve. She's been a nice, like she's been a good girl's girl on this season. 
Um, but we also saw on pilot Pete season, she like completely parlayed and turned around everything he said and used it against him to her convenience. She completely played the victim in the moment. So I'm assuming we're going to get a lot of that. Yeah, I think so too. And even like her post back when she was like, thank you for the support, like obviously super sarcastic, which I can't imagine the kind of stuff she's been flooded with and the accusations, but kind of good for them. Like, I'm just really curious and I hope we get answers of when they met, how they met and why Rome, like, why did they go to the Trevi fountain of all places? while they yeah, were trying you, to have the secret relationship. The idea that the farther away they go, the more secret it'll be. Yeah, until people spot you. If they were right. at like a Phillies game, it would have been like, all right, maybe they're friends in town. But like now we're looking at like, oh, they probably coordinated this and that. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as Victoria's concerned, people can be great people, but very flawed in specific ways. It looks like she's got the friend card down. She doesn't have any beef with any of the other women um, versus almost someone like Shanae who has her own issues. She's kind of hard to peg as well. But yeah. Sinead was um was good with some of the women until she wasn't. So she was good with women until she was in direct competition with them. And then it kind of triggered whatever kind of fight or flight moment there. So I look at all these different people as like, who are they as individuals? And then once they cross the line in, in, some, in whatever fights that they're having, all rules are gone. They're sleep deprived. They're hungry. They're probably drunk. Like, let's just not pretend that these, that this is like their everyday life. They're not just at some grocery mart yelling at the cashier. Uh, if they did, we would break that story. Yeah, like, we would know. We would yeah. know. But like, let's just not pretend like everyone's trying their best with the information they have. And these are people usually in their 20s that haven't figured out how to communicate that well. Yeah, that's very true. And I think with her on screen, I thought one of the things I wrote down is I love that Andrew S. compared Alex to Jimmy Garoppolo because he really is beautiful. And so is Jimmy J. Um, but she goes ends up picking Johnny seemingly by the end of uh, Tuesday's episode. And I think she... I feel like I saw a tweet that was like, she wishes she met Alex first. And I do kind of get that vibe because I feel like she's definitely into Johnny and attracted to him. But now she's like, doesn't want to look bad. And I don't know how much she really likes Johnny versus like, it's the better choice. But now that we know she's potentially with Greg, it feels so silly to even like dive in on. Yeah. And then there's also the thought that people have had, was she waiting for Greg to show up? Right. Uh, it's, it's obvious that you go on the show hoping for certain someone to show up. If you're someone like Michael, you're, you know, may, yeah, maybe he's waiting for Danielle to show up. They had already talked before, but it's like, it doesn't mean Sierra Jackson was a bad uh, uh, a match for him. It was just, this is who's here right now. I'm going to pursue this. This seems to be the first season we're seeing contestants really get called out for mm -hmm. basically trying to do what's right for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I think last year it was a lot about like, oh, the pre-planning of relationships. And now they're kind of openly admitting it by bringing Justin back down, which who knows if he actually had interest in Eliza, but bringing him back down to say, I was here for her is kind of breaking the wall a bit. Bringing Danielle down when they did kind of breaking the wall a bit. And they're, you're right. They're saying what they want and getting in trouble for it. Whereas last year, it was more of like, oh, you pre-planned this and now kind of like trying to take advantage of it, if that makes sense. But I did see you did a video about Danielle um, on whichever podcast she was on. And I didn't have a chance to listen to that or watch your video yet. But what was her like the sum of what she said about um, the Sierra Michael A like people kind of coming for him. Yeah, I got thing. some early uh, I got some early unsubscribes for the clickbait in that. <laughs> really? Uh, well, she's very kind, but they, she was led whether it was by Michael. Uh, she was led uh, with them basically saying, look, if someone's just not into someone, they're not into someone. Right. And they were, they were implying that Michael just wasn't that into Sierra, which is what everything boils down to. Yeah. The whole idea so, of yeah. like, Oh, I'm not ready. All this. It's like, look, he, it, maybe he didn't think he was until the right one walked down. Like that's how everyone, that's just kind of how it is. Uh, and then Danielle kind of doubled down and said, yeah, yeah. People, you know, if, you know, if, if, so, if someone's just not into you, then, then so be it, you know, but she didn't actively comment on Sierra. Uh, but she knows that she's in the position of like the, the chosen one after Sierra was dumped and Michael's taken probably defended himself on social media more than anyone in, on, on the show has by saying, I, I broke up with her when she had the rose. I, and you know, people take, this is another thing people take a hard stance on that are pro or anti Michael, but like, how is it, how else was he supposed to dump her? I don't, I don't know what a better dumping would have been than what happened, but it is we true with the rose of it all. I think he could have been a little more clear cut with it. I'm just not that into you. He played a little bit in my opinion into the, like, I'm not ready. And then magically was ready, but also they maybe cut out all the parts where he said, I'm not just not that into you. 
Yeah. Yeah. That could be for sure. That could be like, look, there aren't many scenarios where men are breaking up with women. at least in my life. I, I haven't, I don't think I've dumped anyone. Usually I'm the one being dumped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married now. It's fine. Yes, but, it's fine. But, so I don't know how I would be, but chances are as the people pleaser that I am, I would be like, I'm an idiot. I'm the worst. Yeah. You deserve better. All that, all those platitudes that me, I might not actually believe, but yeah. we just live in this world with which is why ghosting is so prevalent where we don't want to hurt somebody and we just don't i mean gosh i wouldn't we love to live in a time where someone was like look i want somebody who um is has this love language and you don't like you know very specific but i think if michael did that then there'd be a whole nother outroar happening you know i think it was kind you're of, right. one of those, you're gonna piss somebody off it's kind of giving eric's text to those girls where he was just trying he should have just said i'm just not that into you and i'd rather go on the show but instead he tried to like act like he was distraught about it when really he oh, didn't care exactly i love this convo you're like a PA PhD, uh, you know, this is like next level tying in Eric to it all. It's exactly the same. He's got some lady who's a mom and God bless moms. My mom was a single mom, but he's 20 mid twenties. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't want to be a stepdad. So he doesn't say, Hey, I don't want to be a stepdad. He says, I don't really know. And then all of a sudden she sees him on TV and, and and who knows how that all plays out. But Yeah. um, yeah, we don't really live in a world where people say what they're thinking. Definitely not. And I did want to touch on the Gabby and Eric of it all, because I'm sure you saw the clip from her Dancing with the Stars interview in which she was asked by Fox News, which is interesting. So normally the Dancing with the Stars junkets, I've been on them. You're usually in like a big room with a bunch of outlets on Zoom. So it's rare to be individually like an outlet gets a chance to ask a question. So like Us Weekly will get it'll be like four minutes and Us Weekly will get one question. E! News will get a question. Page six will get a question. And it's kind of it's quick and everyone kind of shares the footage. But like if you ask the question, you can mark it exclusive kind of thing. But with this, she was holding the 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 Fox News microphone and it looked like she was kind of they were asking her specifically. No one really picked up on this right away. So I thought that was interesting one. But they asked her straight up are you still together? Cause she hasn't been wearing the ring. And instead of just saying yes, she gave this kind of weird, which it's very Gabby. I feel like to not, to not want to lie, but also then to kind of put herself in like a talking in circle situation. And she is, I think a very genuine human, but she said, life is just really busy for both of us right now. So I understand their concern, but we're just kind of, you know, going forward with our individual interests and supporting each other from afar. So I think the big thing there is that the question was, are you still together? And there is no yes in that. Um, but I also know that she was asked that and and then other press was told no questions about the bachelor. So there was kind of some damage control being done there um, from what I understand. So what, what was your take of this, this comment? Oh yeah. I mean, if that was a pre-recorded podcast, the publicist comes in and says, cut that out, cut that yeah. out. That's, that's just a, and, and I don't even think it was live TV. Right. But it was live enough. That it's it, crazy. It, those dancing with the stars post-show interviews are like a mad dash. So there's not, who knows if a publicist was even listening to that one. Cause it's like, there's oh, yeah. a thousand in a row, but yeah, you're and, right. And if the publicist is five feet behind, they don't pick up on it. But of course our trusty uh, bachelor audience is like, Whoa. And again, like everything, I'm the first to be like, oh, this is nothing because we had so many videos about uh, Zach and Tasha, and mm-hmm. like you can every single lead. There are going to be videos about are they broken up yet? Um, Rachel and Matt every single time, so that you kind of you don't, you almost don't want to be the boy who cries wolf. But this is like okay, this is something that like he hasn't been on the show in three weeks. We mm-hmm. know he's in town. We know he's got nothing better to do. He see they both seem like good people trying their best. I know that there's a segment of our audience that doesn't want to give them any grace whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I look forward to hearing them both talk more candidly on podcasts about all of the sort of uh, different things that were thrown into the mix on the season. I mean, his dad just died. Yeah. And she, and she was a, what intensive care nurse. So she's dealt with end of life and like, what a, what a beautiful story that she got to meet his father. And they had such, there's such a, su- such a beautiful story there that if they, can't make it work because she's on a dancing show obviously it would be more than that but you do only have so many hours in the day and it could be a scenario where like the spark just didn't get the proper fuel to to go to that next level and there also could be bitterness she's someone who just came off of the highlight of her career and she's only being asked about her fiance's mistakes you know yeah and and so like we really don't know i i know personally like where i'm at I, I, Gabby's in a super high anxiety situation with dancing with the stars. Could there be a scenario where she just doesn't want the guy to be there because she wants to put her full attention into feeling these emotions with a dancer? Maybe, but that's hard to believe at this point. Yeah. That's an interesting point though. I kind of took it as 
the supporting each other from afar because he did do the Instagram story, like encouraging her to vote, which again, because there's so much pressure of everyone, it's insane the way people track, like whether they liked the photo or how often they post, like God bless them, but like, it's crazy. And so maybe she was also trying to get ahead of that. Like they're trying to maybe make sure they're still planting some seeds. So people aren't speculating or maybe they don't care. And this is just genuine. But I also would always think about the Dancing with the Stars of it all. If you look at the track record, the people who go on Dancing with the Stars after the relationship ends shortly after a lot of the time. And I always think back to I've read every Bachelor book for better or for worse because of this job. <laughs> and I think back to Sean Lowe's book and he has a whole like section about how Dancing with the Stars was such a mistake because he went from Catherine finally won him, which whatever it didn't. He didn't say it like that but like they're finally alone. And then he goes to spend all his time with this single, you know, hot dancer, which was PETA at the time. And when you go on Dancing with the Stars, it's the same thing. So maybe they're like on pause-ish, like for Dancing with the Stars, so she can focus on that because he's in LA. He lived there already, but he's sitting there. She's busy all hours of the day with another guy for whatever. Take that for what you will. And he's just sitting there waiting. So I think that that, I always think back, I remember Chris Souls and Whitney broke up right after Dancing with the Stars. Nick and Vanessa broke up right after Dancing with the Stars. Like it's not good for the relationship in any sense, but like good for her because she's killing it on Dancing with the Stars. So I, I'll be curious, like you said, to hear their side, but I think we're going to get some sort of breakup before the end of the year, if I had to guess. Yeah. And like, is there any benefit? I know people have talked about this. Is there any benefit to not announcing the breakup while she's on the show uh, for voting purposes? Because I, I think if I think if they break up, people are going to want to root on single Gabby just as much as if they're yeah. together. You know, I'm not really sure the benefit there other than just not wanting to deal with that distraction or I guess the, the publicity of it all yeah. might be like, wait, wait till you're done with all the batch of all the Dancing with the Stars fame. And then you'll have a new storyline, which is always good for staying relevant. You'll have a new story. And if you don't want to ask, I mean, like I said, their press are warned not to ask about it, but that didn't stop the Fox News person. Or maybe they weren't told that until after. But maybe all her post interview questions where she wants to talk about a rumba will be asked about Eric. So maybe that's why. But it'll be interesting to see going forward if she'll continue kind of doing that press line and if whatever, because of what's happened. And I know that the network hasn't commented on her comments yet. And she can't necessarily say what she wants to say without their approval right now anyway, because she's under a very strict contract. So exactly. Very interesting. But if they wanted to, they could for sure be posting an Instagram story. I know Zachary Reality said his sources spotted them at Laugh Factory at a comedy show uh, the other night. So, you know, they could be in a scenario. I don't believe it, but it could be a scenario like a Rachel Lindsay, Brian scenario where they're like, we don't need to give this audience anything else. True. We know Matt James and uh, Rachel Kirkconnell had uh, a lot of issues. They broke up after the show, but he didn't even want on the after the final rose to give an answer that gave them anything because they took, you know, his core essence and you and monetized it and used it against them. So I don't think Gabby was really wrong to that way where she would want to treat the show as like a, I'm not going to give them anything. So we're not going to share it, but you know, you never know. You never know how they feel about it. They could, they could very well want to protect their relationship as much as possible, but that, you know, that, yeah. the not wearing the engagement ring and all these other clues. It's um, it's probably a 90% chance. This is, this thing's done. Yeah. And it's the ABC and the ABC of it all. So it is dancing with the stars and you know, the bachelor are all ABC and Warner brothers and the same kind of group of people. So that also makes it interesting, but Matt and Rachel, that's an example of one that, you know, they didn't break up whatever, but it was a while after they broke up and got back together, but then he did dancing with the stars. So I think they were in a secure place because I was just saying that they all break up. So before people come for me, they didn't break up. Right. Well, that's <laughs> a good example. Like they had time to let the dust settle. And when the dust settles is when you really get to see the damage, when the dust settles, whether they're on dancing with the stars or not, the press junkets, when, when everything goes back to reality, am I mm-hmm. compatible with this person when we're not being fed these amazing European vacations and all these other things. And that's what, you know, when it's time to go back to work is when you learn a lot about the relationship who's going to put the job first and how do you manage having all these different things going on which makes it incredibly interesting with gabby and eric because i don't think either of them have a traditional job right now so they really you know could afford to 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 make this happen um so we'll have to see yeah we'll have to see it's very it's it's just it's a very interesting show because they fall in love under under circumstances that would never happen in real life and then then the real world, the real world is when they really should be running the cameras. That's what we don't get to see. So that's That's our job. As fake as Ben and Lauren happily ever after was, there were cracks there and there was something to be said for that show and the cameras continuing to follow them. So I would love if they made them do like a, the love is blind, like reunion show or like whatever. And they followed them, but it would not be good for anyone besides us. Um, Getting back to on the beach, just a few storylines I wanted to touch on. What did you think of the Justin, Eliza, Rodney of it all? I mean, 
Eliza kind of did that classic thing of she wanted to hear something, but she, I don't, I think Rodney handled it perfectly fine. I guess he could have been a little bit stronger in his convictions of her not wanting to go, but I think he was just trying to be a nice guy. Um, and I think it's going to bite him in the butt because it seems like she's picking Justin, almost like the shinier object was in front of her kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone's been in a relationship. I know I have where you got to let the other person make their choices because I, I think, and I can't speak for anybody else here, but I'll, but I'll try. <laughs> but I think everyone's been in a controlling relationship. So like, I know with my wife, like I could never be like, don't do that. She'll be like, I want to do that. You know, from, from the way people are raised as like the, the oldest sibling, the dad never let them do things. And now they don't want to be told what to do. Everyone's got their own scenario where they were told not to do something. And Rodney's like, look, I'd rather, you not go but i, I don't want to stop you like because then because then he's going to be the bad guy for a different set of reasons so yeah i think he's like most people most guys that are in a scenario where like they're like look delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crowe now available on digital crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I can't, I can't bench press my way out of this one, as they say. I can't muscle this, this situation. I have to say, look, if you think if Johnny, you know, Johnny's got to let Victoria go on a date with Alex. Logan's got to let Kate go on a date with, um, you know, Hayden. You just got to let it happen in hopes that you, you, you can stand alone as like the, the better choice. I just wonder how none of these conversations have gotten, like none of the relationships have gotten defined beforehand. Are there, right. the show, and, and it would make sense if the producers didn't want them to do this, but they don't want them to, ha to have all the answers before they're confronted with one of these scenarios, because then you get Eliza who seems to maybe, maybe she felt guilty that Rodney, that like she was choosing to go on with Justin. So maybe she whipped it around on Rodney. I'm not really sure, but I, I think Rodney handled it as best he could. I think so too. And I think you're right. Also on the show, it's a lose lose because if he says don't go, everyone's like, it's the point of the show. How dare he try to rob her of her experience, which is a line that they love. But if he then kind of backed off, she was like, oh, he doesn't care about me. So he couldn't really win. And I think he did say he didn't want her to go to some degree. Um, but I also think she, you know, I don't blame her. It was exciting. Justin, from what she was, she was told, showed up for her. So that's something, again, like who knows and who knows. And I think Justin's hard for me to read because I think everybody loved him. He's so funny on, you know, on Katie season with the facial expressions and even his first go around. But then, and you have Genevieve who's jaded, obviously, but kind of implying that he maybe isn't that great of a guy. I don't know if it's the Sally of it all or whatever she went through, but they're almost setting it up like he's the villain now. But like, do we blame him for then wanting to come back for more TV time? Is it a bad Eliza? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Justin can be the quote unquote villain if that's what they want him to be. But anyone else in that position probably would have gone back, get the extra couple paychecks, stay a little relevant longer. I don't, I don't judge him whatsoever at this point. Um, you know, it was interesting when Andrew was asking about Justin's date with Eliza, he's like, so how'd it go? And Justin's like, well, we made out under the fireworks. And Andrew was like, oh, there were fireworks. Oh boy. <laughs> that was like, this is real. They brought out the explosives here. So that's, that's how we knew it was a little bit more than um, maybe a dud. If you look back, back to Victoria when she went on a date with um, I think Victoria went on a date with Justin earlier. Yeah, they didn't sh share any of it, which means it probably didn't go anywhere. And they wanted to kind of play like, well, maybe it did. They didn't show much of, of, of Victoria and, and Alex either. They had some making out, but they didn't. There wasn't there wasn't that fireworks moment that we saw with Justin and Eliza. So that really does mean that Justin's 
you know, uh, who Eliza chooses, if any of them make it out, I have no idea. But as Rodney said, the damage is done. I think, I think there's no coming back from that sort of like doubt of like where we stand. Yeah. I think it's one of those things she'll probably watch it back and realize, Oh, he did kind of say what I wanted him to hear, but in the moment I didn't hear it. And if depending on whether she's with either of them could be a little of like, Oh, maybe I should have stuck with Rodney, but who knows? We'll find out. Um, Genevieve and Aaron, it's kind of turned into their show a little bit, um, which they have taken to social media and have told kind of different stories. But based on what you saw on these two episodes specifically, what is your take on them? Because I just think they don't like each other very much and they want to so badly to be on this show. But like they they need to speak different languages. It's like we're it's like a house burnt down and we're looking for the match, you know, yeah. like like in order to properly untangle these Christmas lights, we, where do we begin? They, their communication styles aren't great. I will say this, uh, Genevieve came up to him and said, I just wanted to talk. And then he was like, well, let me see if it works for me. Right. And he kind of had this whole defensive moment, but if you rewind there, uh, he ends up breaking down because he's bitter because he's like, look, I just want to be able to play volleyball with my buddies. I want to be able to kiss my girlfriend. I want to be able to do all this without fighting. So he's completely worn down by Genevieve. And I think Genevieve would admit She's worn down as well from just being on the beach Yeah, that even she's scared of spiders and crabs. She's been there since the beginning too. So she's kind of gone through every, every emotion. Oh, she's on mile 25 of the marathon. She's just done. And they, and then they have this toxic fight, but in the end, I did love, I did love that he did break down and shared what he was truly feeling. Like, I just want us to get along. Now it doesn't mean he acted right in, in the lead up to that, in the lead up to him sharing his emotions, he had to act out against her. So they both, they both were like guilty of just not bringing their best self. Like most fights in a relationship are, and then through breaking down, I know this is boring for people, but through breaking it down, they both made up and shared their true feelings, which was that they were falling for each other. Now we're getting the post show tweets where she says what you see is what you got and he's saying come on they shoot 40 hours a week that's not exactly what happened and the truth is somewhere in between it's just so funny that because everything you said is right and then they take to social and have the exact opposite take the same way so it just goes to show these are two people who would never ever be able to make it work because they see life very differently he wrote guys truly not the combo at all and she wrote nothing relevant to the argument was cut out what you saw is what happened and then they're just literally like saying opposite things and he said guys reality tv is not reality but it is actually on tv like 40 hours of filming a week condensed into four hours you see just a small part but she's saying you know i was never mad i was upset yada yada like they just are on totally different things and i don't think either of them are gaslighting each other i think they're just both speaking different languages oh yeah totally if he didn't accuse her of gaslighting it'd be a much more like um sort of nuanced convo but like mm-hmm. clearly i think victoria said it they subtitled it afterwards where she was like he's an idiot he does he's just using buzzwords he doesn't know what it means and i'm like welcome to everyone who watches the show like every clinical therapist psychologist i talk to says that people are getting it wrong when they when they accuse each other of gaslighting um it's a da- it's dangerous to use words when we don't know what they mean but i do give them the benefit of the doubt that they were both trying their best he saw the way he saw it isn't the way Genevieve was given it, but he saw it as like, no, 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 no matter what he could do to provide like happiness in the relationship, it, it, the, the equation didn't uh, equal, like it, it never came that way. They right. could never get the formula down. And it doesn't mean that it's her fault at all. They, like you said, their, their languages were just off. I'm the type who believes we don't have to have matching love languages. We just have to learn how to transform someone else's love language into ours. My wife doesn't know how to support me with words of affirmation. She does it in different ways. And that used to really bum me out because I'm a comic. All I want is an audience to laugh. All I want is that pat on the back that I didn't get as a kid. Like everyone else wants whatever they didn't get as a kid. So I've had to learn to see the way she gives her love. And then in hindsight, I've had to learn how she wants to be loved and give her that. My wife doesn't want words of affirmation. She got those her whole life. She was a pretty woman walking down the street. She was used to like, that that doesn't mean anything to her. So I've had to give her quality time and learn different things. And I think a good relationship can learn how to sort of um, mend each other's love languages into a greater sort of like love pond this relationship it just wasn't going to happen on the beach if it ever does 
sometimes people like, will spend 70 years fighting and they're in love and maybe that's toxic. I don't know, but yeah, this wasn't it. No, it wasn't it. And it's not going to happen where they're going to make their love languages, you know, work together when they're, you know, on the beach drunk and he just wants to play in the pool with his boys. Um, and I also think their fight on Monday's episode about the Justin of it all was interesting. Cause I think Genevieve really was just like trying to be like good reality star, like give the recap, talk to Wells and kind of do the narration thing. And he took that as her, like still being hung up on Justin, which I don't think she has. I think she was just trying to like be a good reality star, be a good bachelor in paradise contestant at the bar with Wells giving the recap. And he took that as you only like me because you didn't have Justin, which I don't think that's true. Yeah. You know, Wells is so, it's so fun to have him there because he kind of gives the audience like a, like a representative. So my favorite part, I think it was Monday night's episode was when um, I believe Aaron stormed off and Wells goes, Oh, he's perfectly fine. And Jennifer was like, no, he's really mad. <laughs> And um, I was like on Wells. I wouldn't have picked up on it either. We, you know, but like Genevieve knew, oh, this is going to lead to something. Wells like, what are you talking about? No way. And turns out she was right. Maybe call yeah. it women's intuition or what. But, or maybe it was super obvious. But like Wells is like the rest of us where he's just like, I'm serving drinks and I have no idea where this chaos is coming from. What a gig. What a great gig that he's got going for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he earned it. You know, he's, yeah, he, that's, he, he deserves it. He does a great job. Um, other random notes I had from the episode, we can just go through these. And if anything is interesting to you, I did write Aaron is so tan and hotter now. Not that that matters, but his tan really stood out to me. And, um, strong, and stronger, by the way. He's yeah. like one of the few that's getting like more strong on the beach. I'd be the opposite. A hundred percent. Oh my God. I, I could never be on that show for endless reasons. But <laughs> the fact that after like one day of vacation, I feel like I look like I've been to war. Um, the rose <laughs> ceremony, we find out that Sarah left over a family emergency. She has said on Instagram, that it was her grandmother dying. So that was sad, but didn't really affect the show. Um, what did you think about the drama of that? They were kind of trying to stir seemingly producer driven of like the OG girls and the new girls being messy in the women's quarters. Well, like the writer in me goes, wow, they really don't have a story right now. They really don't have much if they're worrying about like if the duvet covers, you know, pulled off the bed or whatever. <laughs> but um, those are just like the C list stories that kind of bridge between the big fights and, and the show has to create something on the spot sometimes because they're, they're waiting for things to happen. So I, again, I would watch the documentary of the, uh, of the war room where they sort of try to be like, okay, well, we got new people. The, they didn't really take the bite on the Casa Amor switch. Right. So like what else? Well, they're unclean, uh, you know, and they're not clean. I don't know. I mean, the production trying to get revenge because they had to like hire an extra cleaner because they really were that messy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're already working on like non-union rules. The show's making a fortune off of them getting chump change, like getting a higher and extra cleaner. I also thought it was just kind of dumb. I mean, it was dumb for a lot of reasons, but then they didn't even follow up. Like they kind of tried to set this up. And then by the end of Tuesday's episode, we never even circled back on who was messy or not that it matters, but I don't like when they throw things out there and then just for no reason, like at least set that up because maybe one of the girls got into a fight over it or something like show, give me payoff. Um, yeah, like where are the ants coming from? You know, they don't, right. ants don't just show up one day. Maybe they were already knocking out the door. We don't know. This is important. Was someone sabotaging someone else and put like, I don't know, food in the room? Was there a shrimp involved? All that dumb stuff. Um, Hayden arrived and he spent six figures on his dog to live longer. And then as the internet keeps saying, only to leave several times to go on reality television. What is your take on Hayden? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, my take uh, was the same as like, if you remember um, uh, uh, Thomas, he would always say how tall he was mm. and it became this like funny thing where he mentions how tall he is. I think Hayden is like anyone else. He's got his own insecurities. And when he meets somebody new, he's like, I got a dog because he's learned that when he says he has a dog, women respond kindly. I have a dog. Look, I can raise an animal. I'm a decent human being. That's what he's trying to do, which works fine at the bar. When you meet someone for the first time, when a show has two seasons worth of editing, you saying that to multiple people, it can get kind of old. Um, if they edited me meeting 50 people, they might get 30, clips of me talking about my basset hound and how much his stomach surgery costs and we love him to death and this and that <laughs> um so whenever anyone uses whatever they have to their advantage to charm somebody i don't hold it against them he didn't have the luxury of watching uh, gabby and rachel mm -hmm. season playback Good point. So he's coming hot off the beach he's like all right i got i got the dog i got rambo and then sure enough you know we find out he's already been called out for sort of uh, you know, using Rambo as his, uh, you know, sort of um, tool for a conversation. But, you know, that's what people do. You're right. It is huge when they don't have a chance to watch themselves back. I think that might be how we're seeing Shanae get a little bit of her redemption, too, because she did watch and see and they're helping her. They're setting her up for success. I mean, she's been on a million dates and her and Genevieve have been able to make it work. And I think that's something to root for. But with Hayden, 
he doubling down on what he said about Gabby and Rachel was not a good look. So I agree with you with the dog thing. I think that's innocent enough. But by kind of explaining to Kate or whoever it was about the what happened with Gabby and Rachel. And at first he was kind of like, you know, I didn't say it the way it was. But then when he was like, but they weren't there for the right reason. Whatever, like that was like, all right, dude, if he watched it back and had a chance to, I don't think he would have said that because he would have seen how people had reacted to him questioning them. Yeah, it's a whole idea of like call it locker room talk where it's not you can't defend it. You're just like, man, does this guy not realize he's on TV? Right. You know, like if he's getting if he's not getting the attention from Gabby and Rachel and he's defensive and he's like, my ex was hotter than them. That's not that's not good to say. That's not good to say. Uh, but but will somebody say that? I mean, everyone, you know, someone might get dumped by this guy. Oh, my gosh, he wasn't worth my time. I've dated hotter, you know, whatever. Absolutely. But when it's on TV like that, it's it's like, oh, geez. Oh, boy. And again, he probably wouldn't have maybe dug so deeply if he had watched how it played out. Yeah. But as far as when with regards to what we see, Hayden, Hayden gave enough for there to be red flags. When when they when they bleep out words, I don't trust the show that they're bleeping out. Like he might have said, um, "I've dated hotter women," but if they bleeped out women, we we're like, "What did he say? They, he dated hotter bitches?" Like right. we don't know what he said. But again, I can't use that against him because I know the show will do whatever they can to make it look a certain way. But Hayden's dug enough uh, holes for himself, and Kate, it was easy for her to be like, "Oh, this is what the." I, I mentioned it on my recap. It's like when a when a restaurant has a bad Yelp review, and you're like, "The food's perfectly fine." And then all of a sudden there's, you know, a hair in it and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Now I understand. Yes, that's so true. The only other thing I had written down about the episode was the twins arriving, um, which was whatever. Flo and Shanae kind of take the bait and go out with him. Um, Logan jokes Shanae. I didn't know Shanae liked younger guys. She's 30. Logan's 26 and the twins are 24. Um, what do you think of the twins? Do you think, you know, it makes sense they brought them on the beach, but I feel like this is all just, you know, fluff. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not going to lead to any proposals, but I absolutely loved the energy they brought. I can totally see why they were cast on the show in the first place, because there they are 23, 24. And they're like, all right, Victoria, come over here. It's like, in what world does he think he has a chance with Victoria? And um, I was, I was really hoping that they would get to the date part. I was kind of worried that no one would go on a date with them. Yeah. Then Shanae and Flo are like, all right, fine. It's like, why are we pretending that they're like 90 years old grocery store? Joe and Kenny are, I think they're 40 and they both yeah. ended up with a 25 year old 15 year difference we're talking about a six to eight year difference here they're all adults it's not going to lead to anything but i actually really enjoyed watching them have their little burrito rolling fun and they started kissing and i'm like oh this is fun like i think i I, if i had to guess shanae and flo felt like their pressure was off to find love they knew they weren't going to find any let's just kiss a couple guys and have fun that's how i saw it yeah i agree and i think it was fun and i think flo it was nice to get to kind of get to know her a little bit because she's just kind of been there um, and they haven't really given us any backstory on her, which makes it hard to not not that you're not rooting for her, but like you're not actively because we don't know her. And we just know she was on Bachelor in Paradise Australia with Jared, actually. But they didn't even get into that when Jared was there, which felt like a waste. I love having the interbreeding here of Bachelor worlds. Alex was on Bachelor in Paradise Canada last year. Yeah. He's done Australia. He's been all over. I think they need more of this. And I wanted to bring this up earlier. It's almost like how Dancing with the Stars is now on Disney+. Plus. It might lose some audience that won't go to Disney+, Plus, but it's going to gain this international crowd there. Kind of like how Blake Horseman went on All-Star Shore on Amazon. Yeah, not everyone's going to watch here but he's got a fan base in brazil mexico the uk i got to find out who gordy shore was or Jordy shore so this international world of streaming is way bigger than the u.s if the show ever does make it to streaming which it will it, it'll open up the doors to having more of australia's all-stars mingling with the u.s i think it could be just like an, an uh, bachelor in paradise all-stars it would oh be just fantastic to watch but we're still stuck in this like old school terrestrial tv thing it's such a dying world that they live in i agree i think what's wrong with this season there's a few things but i think the main thing is they're not real they're trying to change the show with the casa more thing but they didn't do it right and then they still go back to the same old tropes and at this point like this show has to evolve in some way because we've seen the same thing over and over again and instead of evolving they just ordered more episodes somehow to make this longer just to torture us um but i also i was like the biggest fan of bachelor winter games and I think that that would be a great way on like a streaming service to then bring them all together and throw them in like a winter game scenario. Cause one also there was more to do because they did have to do these competitions kind of like almost like a less obviously hard, easier version of the challenge. But then there was like real relationships there and it like, it made things happen. And then we have language barriers. We have new people to meet and then you can do more spinoffs. And I think 
that they would they should bring something like that back on a streamer with all different kinds of bachelor people. A- absolutely. And the only reason as far as I can understand knowing like the back end things is that ABC would rather have a TV show on at 8 p.m. on Mondays. It's it could gain more money and bigger audience if they put it on streaming. But then they have to fill another show and they can't do like the youngest Sheldon. I mean, how many more Sheldons can they find? Right. Yeah. So they live in that world where they got to sell uh, downy wipes and it's just so it's so bogus. And then, but like I, like I said, when you watch dancing with the stars on Disney plus find me somebody who doesn't prefer the new format. It's amazing. They, they need, they need to win an Emmy for live TV. They shoot a 90 minute episode with no commercial breaks. You get to find out more about the Paso Doble. There's mistakes that they can't cover up. I just, I think it's fantastic for those that are actually watching it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like Tyra gives me life. Like every time she flubs something or she comes out in this ridiculous costume or has it, has something good happen uh, she's the star in my opinion of that every I mean, every scene point, but every, still, scene, they'll, every scene there'll be like a scene where like someone talks about their their spouse dying and i'm like how's tyra gonna make this about her because she will tyra's gonna spin this one around and every, tyra and the dancers always look so confused charlie d'amelio this week was like what are you asking me like they can't hide it anymore yeah <laughs> she's just it's brutal but like she's a producer on the show oh justice for uh, tom bergeron there but, i know uh, he really did know. get screwed america's like, grandfather Got Alfonso is like, how did I end up in this situation? Yeah. Oh, I love Alfonso. Alfonso and Tom Bergeron would be a fantastic combo, but uh, this is what they give us. No, it's so good. And my also, my other favorite thing is every time Tyra blames the producers, she's like, they're in my ear. They're in my ear. They said the name wrong in my ear. It's like, Tyra, like, relax. Like, you don't even have the commercial break anymore. And we're still somehow going over time half the time. We're like cutting people off. Like, it makes no sense, but it's it's genius television. Oh, and these camera guys, they, they followed her when they should have been on Alonzo. And there's there's some honest mistakes, but you could totally tell that they're probably going to try to sabotage her. But um, she's a lot better than last year. If, if yes. you want to look for positive, she is. She can read the teleprompter now. Um, which, like, no shade. <laughs> I would be horrible at that job. But and like she makes it's Tyra. Like you're still rooting for her. It's just funny. I got I got to say I've done crowd warm up for TV shows um, um they'll have like a comic tell jokes or whatever they it is wild when you're supposed to be talking and someone's in your ear telling you what to do so I totally respect when you see reporters just do like a blank stare to the camera because they're hearing something and like the body's not meant to do two things at once but the good people figure it out you know yeah that's true well Dave I could talk to you forever clearly I feel like we covered the bachelor decently enough and I'll let you go but let everyone know when you post your videos, I feel like it's every 10 seconds um, and you're about your new show and what they can expect from that and how they can listen. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Three to four videos, sometimes seven, depending on what's in the news on my channel. Uh, it just search Dave Neal on YouTube. And then I've got a non-bachelor channel, the Dave Neal show for non-bachelor commentary. But the new podcast is called Bachelor Rush Hour. It's uh, meant to be live every single day at 5 p.m. East Coast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Every day? I'm going to do it every day. I'm already making the content on YouTube, so I'm just clipping it into uh, into audio form with a unique like 10 minute wrap up. And that's it every day. Yes. Wow. Well, I'll be listening for again. If I have to leave the country or whatever, I'll be like, let me just see what Dave said is worth. And then I'll, you know, go do the research myself. And it was nice to finally get to talk to you because I feel like I've been watching your content and reading, you know, following along with you guys. It's it's funny. It's very easy to you. I always know who's who and what's doing what. And I do my best to try to clip back or, you know, whatever. But I'm happy I finally got to talk. Well, to you. thanks so much for having me. You're doing a great job. It's been a pleasure uh, getting to watch your interviews, you, watching you interview the people that I'm not allowed to talk to. So thank you for this. I do my best and we'll see how the rest of this season uh shakes out we have a reporter going to the live taping in la so hopefully we'll get some good stuff but that'll all also be under embargo so for you guys you'll hear from her when she gets back after all that airs but a few more weeks left of paradise and then we get a break so hopefully something juicy happens in december so we have something to talk about absolutely bye dave thank you thank you so much Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast, and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs> 
Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.